Hello everyone, welcome to Good to Grow. I'm Emily and today we're going to be talking about um, demonizing foods and, and how that can be problematic. So diet culture through marketing, social media, parents, friends, doctors, and other influencers has provided us with an idea or a even a list of good foods that should make up the majority of our diet, as well as a list of bad foods that we should restrict or eliminate or not eat in order to be quote-unquote healthy, thin, skinny, fit, whatever. So labeling food as good or bad might not seem like a big deal. I mean, think about it. People do this all the time, right? Like, I do it. And sometimes I don't even notice that I'm doing it. But it can be problematic because it really promotes stress, guilt, and ultimately sometimes a negative relationship with food. Today we'll be talking about why labeling your food good or bad can be detrimental and some ideas of things that you can do to find peace in nourishing your body. First, I just want to start out by saying food is food. The person who ate the plate of vegetables is no better than the person who ate the burger and fries. What you eat has nothing to do with the quality of person you are or your worth. Let me say that again. What you eat has nothing to do with the quality of person you are or your worth. There's no such thing as a good or bad food. When we label something good or bad, feelings of guilt or praise arise, including when it comes to food. Think about it. When you're a kid, um, if if you do something good, your parents give you praise. Yay, great job, you know, cleaning up or um, you did a really good job in your game. Or if you do something bad, you get punished or negative feedback. Stop doing that. You're going to time out. Or, you know, I'm taking this away. There's a cost to doing something that is labeled as bad. And how how did you feel when you were a kid when you got that negative feedback or punishment? not great. I know for me, I felt really guilty. I felt like I was a bad kid. You know, maybe I did a bad thing, but I wasn't a bad kid. That didn't change that I felt like a bad kid or I felt like my parents deserved better. And instantly my thought was, how do I rectify this? How do I fix it? What can I do to make up for this? So the same thing honestly happens when we label food. When we feel guilt or regret or bad, there's that response or the feel, the feeling that we need to fix it. How can we compensate for our mistake or wrongdoing? When it comes to guilt around food, people often respond with the same drive for compensation. If I do this behavior, it'll make up for what I ate, or tomorrow I'll do better. 
um, you know, when I wake up tomorrow, I'm going to do this and it'll make up for what I did yesterday. Or I won't eat this later because I already had too much or because I had this earlier and that was bad. Eating better later can maybe balance out the bad that I did earlier. And you might be rolling your eyes when I say no food is good or bad or healthy or unhealthy. Like, come on, Emily, some foods are inherently more nutritionally dense than others. And to that, I'd honestly agree. Sure, you're right. Certain foods have more nutrients than others. But hear me out. Take eggs, for example. Within my lifetime, they've been labeled as good and bad, unhealthy and unhealthy. When I was younger, people said eggs are bad. They're too high in cholesterol and have saturated fat. I also remember when it came to diet culture at the time or like what the fad diet of the time was, was, you know, low fat. Fat was the enemy. Low fat products dominated the market and instead were pumped full of, you know, artificial sugars or salt or whatever to make them taste better. Because let's be honest, fat has a satiating factor that a lot of the other macronutrients just don't have. Our bodies need fat. It lubricates our joints. It allows us to do activity. Our bodies thrive on having fat. But at the time, low fat was associated with having less fat on your body, which we now know is completely false. Now, think about what how we view eggs now. We know that they're packed with protein, B vitamins, vitamin A, selenium, and also have some calcium, iron, potassium, manganese, folate. I could go on and on. Eggs have a lot in them. These tiny little things um, actually pack pack a punch when it comes to nutrition. And research has also established at this point that dietary sources of cholesterol have a minimal effect on cholesterol in the blood. So if you've ever gone to the doctor, I know for me personally, when um, there was a time where I went to the doctor and, um, you know, my doctor, was, I, I got blood, do- blood work done. Um, my dad has high cholesterol and we know there's a, a hereditary link when it comes to having high cholesterol. And so um, from the time I was like, I don't know, 18, 19, um, I would get, I would have to fast before I go to the doctor so that I could get my cholesterol tested. And so there was this one time that I went and my LDL, which is the quote unquote bad cholesterol, the cholesterol that's linked to increased risk for heart disease, was a little bit higher than it typically is. And, you know, on the border of what the range is for, you know, that's not good. Um, and so my doctor was like, okay, Emily, like you're going to have to watch your cholesterol. You're going to have to like cut out fat, eat less fat, and that'll help. And so honestly, this freaked me out. First off, it was embarrassing because it made me feel like what I was eating, that I was making unwise or un quote unquote unhealthy choices when it came to my diet. 
and that I was doing a bad job. It was punishment. I felt guilt. And so immediately, what can I do about it? She says, cut out fat. Okay, I'm going to do that because I want to please my doctor and I want to be healthy. I don't, I don't want to be at risk for heart disease. So that's what I did. I was very careful about fat. I, I watched like everything that I was eating and putting into my body, reading nutritional labels like it was my job. And um, so I did this. I did this for like, you know, until my next um, annual physical. And I was super excited. I was like, yeah, I'm going to get the blood work done. And my doctor's going to be like, great job, Emily. Your cholesterol's so low. And I went, not only was my LDL just the same, or it might have even been a little bit higher, but my HDL, the good cholesterol, was lower. So my cholesterol actually got worse from not eating fat. And, you know, now that I've done research, and I know that the main link to high cholesterol is genetics. So changing your diet, eating foods that are lower in cholesterol really doesn't do much to change your actual blood levels of cholesterol. Anyway, many studies have found eggs increase HDL, the good cholesterol, that's not associated with increased risk of heart disease. So eggs are good and healthy, right? I mean, I would definitely say that for me, eggs are nourishing. I enjoy eating them and they make my body feel satisfied and strong. I love them on sandwiches, on avocado toast, in scrambles, in baked goods. Like I, and it's weird, I used to not really like eggs, but as I've gotten older, I love them. Um, you know, with it, with this in mind, it's important to consider why we also might see eggs as healthy now. Not just, you know, how it makes us feel or the things that we're hearing about in research. In terms of our culture or diet culture right now, we've seen a huge surge in the keto diet and low-carb diets. So now fats are good and carbs are bad. Think about what I was saying before when I was younger. It was pretty much the reverse. Fat was bad. Carbs are okay. Could this be why we view eggs as good or healthy aside from the research? Absolutely. I think it goes to show that diet culture can play a huge role in how we label foods. We could be categorizing foods as good or bad just based on the diet industry. Who benefits from the demonization of certain foods or food groups? I wouldn't say it's us. Demonizing foods promotes guilt, restriction, and sometimes fear and anxiety. I know it did for me. I was afraid of fat because I, you know, was told by my doctor and the diet industry that high foods that have fat are high in cholesterol and need to be avoided. I was actually really anxious around fat for a long time, even after I had that doctor's appointment that showed me that eating less fat isn't necessarily healthier. The diet industry is really what benefits. 
from food labels. And when I say food labels, I mean labeling things as good or bad, not like actual nutritional labels. Think about it. People who go on the keto diet spend money on expensive fat bombs, protein bars, you know, like special keto cookies, packaged chip, keto chips, keto breads. Um, People pay for special diet programs, special coaches. When regular cookies and breads can still be a part of a nourishing diet for them. So I think it's important to think about demonizing food and labeling foods as good or bad or healthy or not healthy. What do, what do we do with that? How do we shift that dico- like dichotom- dichotomizing? I don't know if that's a word. Categorizing foods as good or healthy or bad or not healthy. One thing that's been really helpful for me is breaking down foods into like macronutrients and micronutrients. For example, brownies, which diet culture tells us are bad or something that we shouldn't eat or unhealthy, they have macro and micronutrients that our body needs too. There's protein and fat in the eggs, fat in the oil or butter, carbs in the flour and sugar, and micronutrients such as fiber and potassium in the cocoa and eggs. I could go on and on. What can be helpful is asking yourself, what's nourishing? Because food is food. All of it provides us with energy. What is nourishing to you? What do you like to eat that also makes you feel good? Sure, eating an entire tray of brownies might not make our bodies feel good. For me, hello sugar rush. If I ate a whole tray of brownies, I would be jittery and very uncomfortable. But the satisfaction and enjoyment that I get from eating brownies is really nourishing Eating a brownie or two doesn't make my body feel bad. It doesn't give me the jitters. It doesn't make me feel sick to my stomach. And the satisfaction, satiation, and enjoyment makes me feel good and nourished. So shift your focus away from the dichotomy and towards a spectrum. What is my satisfaction or enjoyment or like of food? And and how does this food make me feel? You can have whatever you want. I mean, you know, even if a food doesn't make you feel great, you can still have it. I'm always choosing foods I like or that are satisfying to me. There's never a time, I mean, yeah, I I honestly can't think of a time that I ate something that I, lately, that I didn't want or that didn't sound good to me. Actually, I take that back. While I was sick, I ate a lot of soup, and there were a lot of times where I was like, soup does not sound good, but when you have to be on a liquid diet, (laughs) you do what you got to do to get stuff into your body. Anyway, um, you know, thinking, thinking about 
choosing foods that that you like or that are satisfying most of the time I try to pick things that also make my body feel good support my energy or activity um and so when I'm trying to decide what to have I'm always choosing foods that I like or that are satisfying and most of the time try to pick things that also make my body feel good support my energy and activity that's not to say that there are times where you know, I I don't pick things that make me feel good or, or that I pick things that don't make me feel good or support my energy. I want to emphasize that brownies aren't bad. Foods that we label as bad aren't bad. They have macronutrients and micronutrients, just like, for example, bananas. Bananas and brownies can be nourishing because they both provide energy. They both have macro and micronutrients. My body feels no different if I have a banana or if I have a brownie. The difference is that on some days I feel more satisfied or have a craving for a banana. And on other days I am more satisfied or have a craving for a brownie. Forget labels. What is your body telling you that it wants what is your mind telling you that it wants and that brings us to food cravings what do you think of when you hear that word in the past when i heard craving i thought of something negative something forbidden or indulgent but a craving it really is what it sounds like it's something that you crave Nothing more, nothing less, not bad, not good, not healthy or unhealthy. But for some reason, so many people still think that the appropriate response to cravings is to ignore them because they're bad or they fear what will happen if they honor them. Also think about diet industry. There's so much out there that thrives off of our fear of food cravings. There are appetite suppressants. There are different diet programs that toot that they can eliminate food cravings. Something that needs to be eliminated is labeled as bad. You don't try to eliminate something that is good. And so it's unfortunate that society tells us that cravings are bad because honestly, Cravings are usually there because they're, the purpose is to, to send us a message. Let's say someone had a craving for brownies. Oftentimes, the intended message of food cravings is that you need nourishment, either in the form of food or emotional nourishment. And wherever the need for nourishment is coming from, it should be considered and honored. I know a lot of times... People shame emotional eating. But that's telling us something too. It's like I said, wherever the craving is coming coming from, it deserves to be considered and honored. Because when people ignore or deny cravings because the craving is quote-unquote unhealthy or bad, it creates that dangerous dichotomy that I was talking about. And also research suggests that 90 to 95% of diets, which when someone's on a diet, it almost always involves food restriction or demonizing of food groups. 
those diets fail. 90 to 95% fail. The dieter usually regains weight, slows their metabolism, destroys their relationship with food in their body, while all the while feeling like a failure and often blame themselves for failing at their diet. They experience guilt, maybe some shame. When you honor your food cravings and hunger cues, try to allow yourself to eat with no strings attached. I know this is easier said than done, but when you're able to eat without criticism, judgment, or compensation, it really allows you to fully enjoy food, to savor it in a non-threatening safe space, as opposed to eating in a mental space where worry, guilt, or shame are present. I know this sounds kind of crazy, you know, well, if I give myself full permission to eat, then I'm just going to go crazy on food and I'm never going to stop. Many people don't want to give themselves full permission to eat because they're afraid. But if we consistently underfeed our bodies and deprive ourselves of what we really want, then eventually our body is going to want to feed itself more overeat to the point of discomfort, maybe binge, or become obsessive about food and feel crazy around it. Even though this is totally normal for our bodies to do, there's often so much shame in honoring food cravings because as a culture, we don't think it's okay to give ourselves permission to eat what our bodies want or what we really need. We feel embarrassed for what we view as indulgent or you know, quote unquote bad or not being able to control our food or or for a whole host of other reasons. The important thing to remember, however, is that if you're undernourishing and depriving your body, then your body often ends up causing you to, to eat more later on to the point of discomfort or uncontrollably eating the food you haven't allowed yourself to have. And that's a normal thing. That is a biological response to deprivation or restriction. If you notice or are aware that guilt and shame come up for you when you have a craving or, um, you know, when you want something that you label as bad, it can be helpful to ask yourself why you might be feeling this way. Again, keeping in mind that a lot of times the message is, is that our body needs nourishment via food or emotional nourishment. The guilt and shame that comes up oftentimes is rooted in fat phobia. So for example, someone might be, you know, be like, I'm afraid that eating this food will make me gain weight or change the way my body looks. First off, Going back to our brownie example, eating a tray of brownies one evening is not going to change your appearance. But even if it did, so what? Who told you that your size cannot change or that you should be worried or preoccupied with looking a certain way or being or staying small? You can thank diet culture and society is an ideal for that. If this is you, I know that kind of probably sounded a little sassy. Um, Be kind to yourself. Unfortunately, these thoughts are really normal and super common. 
We live in a fat phobic society. We want to fit in. Society says be small. It's not okay to be fat. So people strive for thinness. Remind yourself that your worth is completely unrelated to your body size. You are deserving of food and to nourish your body and mind, regardless of your size. In the words of Jennifer Rowland, who's a really popular, like she has a really big presence on social media. She's a dietitian. Um, she says, your ideal weight is whatever weight you are when you are mindfully nourishing yourself with food and movement that you actually enjoy. So whatever size you are or whatever weight you are, when you're nourishing yourself, body and mind, you know, that that's the right weight for you. And for some people, it's the, they'll be in a smaller body. For some people, they'll be in a larger body. For some people, you know, they'll be somewhere in between. And, and whatever that is for you, that's, it's right. Food is food. Honor your cravings. Your worth is not at all based on your size. And remember, it's good to grow. Thanks everyone for joining me. And I look forward to um, our next episode next month. Take care.